You are now in the Corner Booth Podcast, a sports podcast from Billy Up Sports and the Billy Up Podcast Network. Here's your host, Jared Clay. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another edition of the Corner Booth Podcast. I'm your host, Jared Clem, alongside my trusty sidekick, Mr. Kevin Langley. Savannah will be back joining us on Thursday as we get ready for Division Week, where her Packers take on the luckiest team in football, the Seattle Seahawks. Um, with that in mind, let's get it going. It was a rough weekend for both of us watching football games. Um, it started off okay. Uh, we watched a... a I don't know how you consider the Texans feels epic. It was epic in the sense of like face palming because both teams are experts at shooting themselves in the foot. Um, I watched the game end to end and the, basically what I got out of it was, Oh my God, neither team even deserves to be in the playoffs. This is absolutely atrocious. Like Buffalo blew what it was a 16 point lead. Yep. And, uh, then Basically, Houston lets Buffalo get right down the field and kick a game-tying field goal. And then Buffalo has, like, three chances to win the game and blows it. And then Houston pulls off a, a Deshaun Watson, basically reminds us all that he's, like, not human and makes, like, the most incredible throw to the third-string halfback who was able to run it down to the basically chip shot range. And I'm just... The game screamed like last place versus last place game, not like wild card round scrub a wild card round like a division winner and a the best team the best wild card team. But I don't know. What did you think of that game? I only watched like the first half. Well, because you were also, by the way, for the record, Kevin was at the Patriots Titans game. So, but and I, it was sixteen nothing when I was getting ready to leave, and I think it was like sixteen to seven maybe when I was leaving. I was like, oh, the Bills got this. Get to the stadium, start walking in, and on the screen outside the stadium, they have the game. And I'm looking at it dumbfounded how the Texans were up 19-16 in the interim. And I'm not surprised the Texans won. They have a very talented team. I think they do need a new coach. I think they also need a new secondary. Or at least at least one good corner. Gary on Conley is a good number two, and Roby's a good nickel, but they need a, a number one corner. Yeah, but I mean, they have... The best, like one of, if not the best wide receiver in the game right now. They have an extremely talented young cornerback. Their run games, eh, outside of Watson. But I think it all comes down to coaching. I want, I would want to see what a better coach would do with that secondary. I don't think it would suddenly become the best secondary in the league. But I think if the coaching was better they might be more effective at at least slowing down the other team's passing game. Exactly. I also think that with the Texans, they're just they're like in the same position of another team we're going to talk about in a little bit, where they have the quarterback, they have that's really it. Actually, he's they're not they're in their own boat. Basically, besides Deshaun Watson and Hopkins, they really need to. And they're actually no, they're receiving core set. Stills, Fuller, Hopkins, that's a great receiving core. If Fuller can stay healthy. If Fuller can stay healthy, but that's why they went in and got Stills, because Stills didn't get hurt. He got hurt, like, once his entire career. Like, once seriously. Everything else is, like, day-to-day stuff. But, yeah, Houston's going to get absolutely demolished by Casey. I mean, maybe not. Maybe it's going to be a high – it's going to be a high-scoring game regardless of what the the difference is, but I have a feeling that Kansas City is just going to be too much. Because their defense actually kind of knows how to play defense now. 
Fuller is supposed to be back. I think it's going to be a shootout. And I'm thinking 42-35. I still think after it, – it's understandable. I'm not saying that Mahomes is weak or soft, but after the dislocated knee, he, he's had a couple big games, but hasn't really looked the same, hasn't really put up the same numbers. I think I think Kansas City will still pull it off, but I think it's going to be like 42-39 or something. Basically. Or in the 50s even. Oh, this would be epic. Like, you know, after, like, the game against Buffalo. Uh, oh, I love some Big 12 football. Oh, definitely. It was like the, fly, was like the pickup game I was playing yesterday on the, at the high school, man. It was like, and the final score was like 77 to 70. Oh, my God. Um, Next up, we have the nightcap. And, Kev, uh, I know this hurts, but listen, I'm right there with you, buddy. I'm in pain this morning, too. Um, This afternoon, too. Uh, Titans beat the Patriots. And I'm not going to, you know be like oh the dynasty's dead because i mean we say that every year i won't say it until i'm confirmed no pulse and everything else but the texans i mean the titans came in we we i called it you called it we knew exactly what they're going to do from the get-go they're going to hand the ball to big 22 and let him rumble uh Tannehill actually didn't look awful he looked average but average with a great running back can beat a lot of teams and unfortunately new england just looked um outgunned at some points i think i mean Tannehill looked average but that's because they didn't really trust him to throw the ball well that's what i'm saying like that he threw one touchdown pass and it was basically a chip shot throw into the and end he zone. threw for 72 yards and he had probably one of the most hilarious back off your back foot picks i've ever seen and i i thought at that point that was it like oh here comes new england gonna storm down the field but, and then Julian Edelman drops a wide-open pass. That, you know, it, it, that's usually how it happens with the Patriots when they lose. It's always like, you know, a receiver just, you know, drops it. Because Brady he, is the GOAT for a reason. He's going to put it on the spot. But there were a couple throws this season and in the game that were off. But, I mean, when you get a gift like that for a first down in the playoff game, you have to come up with the catch. Oh, totally. And – um. It's, I went to the game with um, a friend of mine from school, and we both talked about how we would love it if Derrick Henry went off for, like, the first half, and then the Patriots won. Derrick Henry Alabama went off. <laughs> Derrick Henry went off, but then the Patriots just didn't win. Yeah. It's, it's, it's rough. And, um, uh, I mean – even, even, you know, six titles or not, it still sucks watching your team lose in the playoffs. And I watched the end of that. I watched Brady walk off the field. I was just like, you know, a couple years ago, I would have been dancing on New England's grave. But I'm just sitting there like, I got so much respect for that man. I feel really bad right now. Like, this is like a tough way to go out. Like, to, at least this season. Because I don't know what Brady's doing next year. Nobody really knows. So, yeah. we're going to talk about that later. But yeah. uh, on to Two Sunday. Two what? more points. Two more points? Okay, go. I don't get how the Patriots had one of the best defenses in the league, but couldn't stop the run all season. They did struggle against the run, though. That was like one of the, they're like the top pass defense, but they did give up yardage running. And you give up and you, you go against the arguably a top three running back in the league and the league's leading rusher and Derrick Henry, and you basically are adding for a recipe to disaster. Yep. It, it's the whole where there's smoke, there's fire kind of thing, where there's a crack in the armor, all those analogies. It's like if there's if there's a problem or the even smells of a problem, there is a problem. 
That's why the Titans were smart. Mike Rabel knew very well off the bat. He goes, I'm not going to beat them through the air. I'm going to beat them on the ground. And then also that last pick, not Brady's fault. Oh, totally not Brady's fault. In case anyone didn't watch the game but is looking at the stat sheet, yes, it was a pick six to end the game, but they the Patriots were running a punt block without a punt returner back there. So the Titans down the ball at the one. Brady had to get it out as time was starting to expire, and it was tipped. Basically. So <clears throat> that strategy, I never liked that strategy. Always put a returner back there. Always. Because if the if the punter – well, the Titans have one of the best punters in football. So it's like he'll drop it in there every time. But um, on to the Sunday games. Uh, the first game was amazing. I was blown – I was – I said the Vikings were going to make this interesting. I still took the Saints. By the way, folks, I went 0-4 this weekend. I took the Bills, Patriots, Saints, and Eagles. Same. Yeah. Ouch. Oh yeah, and Kevin did too. I think Savannah did as well. No, no, yeah. I think she picked one different. Than she us. got, she took Seattle, and that's maybe why she's fired. <laughs> she's not fired. I'm kidding, but you know, I'm, I'm, I can be that petty. Um, yeah. So the Saints, oh, man, they just, I, all year I've been saying to everybody, and I'm starting to not believe it anymore that they're Saints. There was something wrong there. Like everyone's like singing the Saints praises. And I was like, I'm not sold. I haven't been sold all year. It's not like one of those like team of destiny kind of feels. Like it felt like, like even Philly had a little team of destiny feel, but then you get your quarterback knocked out and drive two. It's kind of hopeless at that point. But like Lamar Jackson, the boys feel like the team of destiny. Like everything's going right for them. Kansas City getting Terrell Suggs and their defense gets revamped out of nowhere. And then you even have San Fran who just like navigates the injuries like they're like they have a map for it and i just didn't get that vibe with Tennessee. someone's like oh this is the best number three seed of all time like record wise maybe but i still think the tennessee titans in 98 were better seven whatever but <clears throat> the saints uh their defense struggled stopping stopping dalvin cook and shout out to kirk you like that cousins for basically Putting the game on his back in overtime and making two monster throws. And we'll talk about the pass interference in a second. Kev, I'll let you make your point on this one. But, by the way, good for Kirk Cousins getting his first playoff win. The guy's been in the league for a while. And as much as we all rip on him, like it's it was kind of cool. And also, karma is such a bitch to the Saints, man. They started this whole pass interference rule, and then over time they don't get the reverse happens. It, the irony is beautiful. And this is the third straight postseason they've lost on something controversial, and it's hilarious to me. So, um, Kev, what was your opinion on that Kyle Rudolph touchdown in overtime? Uh, that wasn't pass interference. They haven't called it pass interference all season, and I forget who was covering The Saints cornerback initiated contact. And was it was grabbing uh, uh, Williams, I think. Okay, he was grabbing Rudolph's arm, so when Rudolph stepped back, he, yes, he might have pushed a little bit, but the re- corner was also pulling Rudolph's arm towards him. Also, here's the other thing. It was one arm. With offensive OPI, they are only going to nail you if you get two. So Jacob Hollister yesterday in the Philly game basically shoved LeBlanc away to catch a ball. Or maybe Matt, I think it was Maddox. 
every Eagles cornerback has dreadlocks, so basically it's hard to figure it out half the time. But I think it was Maddox got pushed off by Hollister with two arms, and they called it instantly. That's usually the giveaway for refs because the problem is when they're running these bang-bang plays, especially in the red zone, you can't see exactly on the angle. And Kyle Rudolph basically tried to extend extend to one arm, but it wasn't enough force where you saw his body move back. If Williams, you saw Williams like shift backwards in the air, like he looked, if they saw the contact with throwing it, this isn't OPI. The Saints fans are going to cry about it. But now that my team's out, I basically can like go go tell go at football karma like crazy and be like, yep, the Saints. It was hilarious. Also, I'm happy because my dad's a Vikings fan, uh, so he's a very excited right now. He's got his team. They're taking on uh, San Fran. Oh god, I, I you know I, I really wanted to see a, a rematch between Green Bay and Minnesota, but it ain't gonna happen. Oh god, can the Green Bay Seattle game just get canceled? That'd be better. But, you know, anyway, so last game of the night, the game. I, get, I have other thoughts on the Saints game. Oh, you have other thoughts? Please yes. Proceed. I have many other thoughts. Okay. One, Taysom Hill. Welcome he's to a, the electric factory. Yo, I hate that he's on the Saints, but yo, he is straight diesel fuel into an engine. He is amazing. And then also, I don't get. And yes, this is going to sound very, very bitchy coming from a Pats fan, but I don't get how all year and every time the Patriots mess up, Tom Brady's done. The dynasty is dead. And Drew Brees did not play a good game. Well, as 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 the leading member of the Drew Brees should retire uh, bandwagon, I will tell you this. The difference between Brady and Breeze is Brady can operate throwing underneath. Breeze looks like he struggles with it. He needs to throw, get the ball downfield occasionally. And the thing is with Breeze, Breeze has a lot more mileage on that arm because unlike Brady, he didn't have a he didn't get to start his career with a great running game. He started in San Diego. Oh, good lord! Back when they had LT, but basically nothing else. So, um. Yeah, like I get that, but my point is, why is no one calling for Breeze being over there? He's the not the Patriots. He's not the Patriots. Breeze is the golden boy. Breeze is like the anti-Brady. He's like everyone loves Breeze. Everyone like wants everyone like wants Breeze's autograph. Everyone thinks he's the great guy. Oh, he's a great guy, but like everyone loves like Breeze. So, but objectively, I think your team incentivizing injuring the other players is worse than allegedly deflating footballs. Oh, true. Totally. Uh, the New Orleans Saints should have, like, basically been thrown in football jail, but because Goodell has it out for Kraft and the Patriots organization, you know. Totally. No, Kev, I'm Kev, I'm completely agreeing with you here. Like, the Saints got away basically with nothing. Sean Payton shouldn't even have – should have been at least suspended for more – did he even get suspended or no? He was suspended for a year. Oh, that's right. What year was that again? Uh, Well, it happened in 2009. Dude, my bro- – oh, okay, yeah. Dude, that the was so long The thing happened in 2009, uh, 2012. Oh, that was – dude, the 2012 – oh, that's why. 2012 was the year that, like, it was Andy Reid's last year. Vic was hurt. Everyone, Nick Foles played half the season for us. It was – like, that's why that, – that season I tried to black out my memory. So, I completely forgot I got suspended for a year. I don't know. I just, you know, the, like Sean Payton's never been referred to as a good guy in football, so it doesn't surprise me at all. Um, 
like he's never had a reputation for being like one of the good guys, like one of the nice guys. Um, next up, we got to talk about Kev. This is gonna uh, you were you were a good sport, so I got to be a good sport here. Um, Philadelphia Eagles uh, fall to the Seattle Seahawks. It was rough for me to watch, to say the least. Um, if you guys don't know, second drive of the year, and I'll have more on the Carson Wentz thing later. I'm gonna try to save that for the last call, but um, Wentz. Screen pass got blown up. Trying to scramble, make a play. Dives forward. The Trish trying to get back to the line of scrimmage. And as he's going down, Jadavion Clowney, after he hit the ground, basically helmet to helmet. And once the helmet hit the turf, once goes out of concussion after that. And Josh McCown had to play basically with a pulled hamstring the entire game. And uh, yeah, Philly lost. Um, they couldn't punch it in at all. And the Seahawks, um, you know, took DK Metcalf basically was the, only, it was the Seahawks. That was it. If it wasn't for Metcalf, that team would have been in some serious trouble. So, uh, yeah. Opening thoughts on the game. Seahawks are in trouble. Because, yes, Philly's defense played great, but their offense kept moving the ball on them every time. And it was just because they couldn't punch it in because, you know, McCowan's McCowan and he's a backup for a reason. Um it took a cheap. It basically took a cheap shot hit and knocking out our quarterback from the win the game. Because if Wentz was out, Philly wins that game by two touchdowns. Because they had no answer. Like Russell Wilson had like one good run, but Philly's defense, like Fletcher Cox, played unbelievable. And Marshawn Lynch is still Marshawn Lynch. He still has occasionally a power run, but he's not the same player. And without Carson and CJ Procise, they're going to struggle. I love my boy Travis Homer out of the U, but. Metcalf's going to be Metcalf is going to have to ball out. Him and Lockett are just going to have to be just out of their minds going forward. I was not impressed with the Seahawks at all. It was like it was like almost not like torture, but like I'm seeing this, I'm watching the game and I'm like, if Wentz was in, that's a touchdown. If Wentz was in, that's a first down. Oh, if Wentz was in, they're not packing the box. Oh, by the way, Miles Sanders basically left the game on crutches, so he basically played through a, a grade two a, uh, high ankle sprain or, or a grade two ankle sprain. I couldn't remember if it was high or low. Ertz play with a glass or a kidney. So my final thoughts on this was Philadelphia, you fought to the end. That was one hell of a season. And basically we weren't even supposed to be there. And it's the only thing that pisses me off. I would have rather we lost like 35-30, but Carson at least got to put up a fight. It's like he walked into the ring and somebody walked in from behind and punched him in the back of the skull. And he got knocked out for the fight. That's the way I look at that game. It was such – it was like everyone was robbed of watching Carson in the playoffs. So we're going to have to wait till next year. Um, he played all 16 games. So all the people who said he can't stay healthy can basically um, go back to your take factory. I'm looking at you, uh, Danny Cannell, you horrible excuse for a sports writer or commentator. I don't get that take. Oh, my – oh, what, Cannell's take or Chris Long's absolute RKO of him? Canel's take, like, I understand if you're going to argue that Wentz can't stay healthy. Obviously, this year he did, but it still is a concern going forward. Some of you are saying, like, why is McCown scrambling as much and Carton Peterson didn't want Carson? It's because of the injuries. I get that. But Canel's thing, like, oh, some brains are just harder. That's not the issue here, Danny. Clearly yours was because you didn't make it in the NFL, you freaking dandy. Like, here's the problem, and everyone knows I'm an Eagles fan, but – Calling somebody injury prone, regardless of what happens, and you know, I've had my bad. Even my part, like I'm not even an athlete anymore. I play like rec football and I go to the gym every day. 
I've probably, Kev, you know this, I've been injured for probably 99% of the year with different, very small injuries and like one and one or two big ones, but it happens. It's just dumb luck. Some of it's training, some of it's diet, but some of it's just dumb luck like this. This if Clowney if Clowney gets chipped off a block of a little a block a little more he doesn't hit Wentz and we could have a totally different ball game if um, Alex Ogletree didn't basically sit on Miles Sanders' le- ankle he's fine if Wentz puts the ball down a little lower to Ertz um, Xavier Woods doesn't basically crack the guy's rib open like a nut it's what happens it's bang bang it's luck it's a game of inches for a reason so Danny Cannell base this is why like. This is why I, ESPN is such a good company, but they hire numbskulls like Cannell who don't understand who Cannell basically was a okay college football player and failed in the NFL. And he's basically been sitting around the ESPN office for like 10 years. I hated him when he was on, when he would fill on a Mike and Mike or Rosillo or any of those guys. And I still don't, don't like his takes now because he's a moron. He's almost as bad as Kellerman or Will Kane. Like just, it's a horrible take and shout out to Chris Long for basically putting him in a body bag on Twitter. Holy mother. It's a concussion. You can't control that. I got a concussion snowboarding. All right. It ha- wearing a helmet. It happens. All right. This is Wentz's first concussion. I actually think it is like they've, they've had, had no history of brain damage of, of head injuries. This is the first one ever. And it said today, like he's, it was a pretty nasty concussion. It got to because Kalani laid a stick on Kalani hit, hit, hit him pretty hard and the ground hit him even harder. So, Prayers up to Carson. My favorite, he is my favorite player. I, you guys have all known that. But for, I, it, it could have been Deshaun Watson or Russell Wilson getting decked like that, and I'd be still prayers up for him. Because at the end of the day, you don't want to see anybody go down. And I'd rather take on a team at full strength, or I'd rather at least see a full strength fight than basically watch some team get a cheap win like that. So the Seahawks, their offense looked anemic. Um, that's really all I got. I watched the entire game and I I looked at Seattle's offense. I'm like, is this it? Their coverage wasn't terrible. I was I was a little surprised. I mean, yes, we have like a bunch of practice squad guys, but these practice squad guys were balling out the last three three four weeks. Um, yeah, I just it Seattle they're in trouble. They're in a lot of trouble, and it's not like this isn't like this is just me watching it objectively as a sports writer, not as a Eagles fan. I look at them and I'm like, if this is the same team that supposedly deserved a home playoff game instead of Philly, why the hell did it take knocking out their starter to get them to win? Because if when like I said for the fourth time, if once plays that game is a completely different score. Kev, I'm gonna stop ranting. What was your opinion on the game? I figured I'd let you get that all out of the way. Obviously I, I've been critical of Carson. I don't think he's elite. I don't. I do think he's injury prone. This has nothing to do with it. When you're going down and someone comes down on your head, that's how I got my first concussion playing lacrosse. It's going to happen, and there's nothing. It there's nothing you can do to stop a concussion. It doesn't matter what helmet you're wearing. It doesn't matter what, how in shape you are. It doesn't matter if you're injury prone. It's your brain moving inside your skull. There are ways to prevent them. If you strengthen your neck, you won't get the whiplashing motion as much, but that would not have helped Carson here. He had a 275-pound man beast hit him from behind, and then he had the ground. Yeah. And – but also, I'm obviously, you want to see Carson play this game, play it all 16 games. 
had a decent year given the circumstances with his receivers. Oh, he had an amazing year given the having hands. 27-7, and seven, that's not a bad year by any stretch. No. And – but I'm not sure how much Carson would have changed the outcome of this game. Yes, the score would have been different, but I think the with Sanders' injury, you couldn't really get the ground game going. Also, uh, adios to Jordan Howard. Get out of my locker room. He was fine the last two games, but he wasn't comfortable playing. It's a stinger. It's not like you tore a labor on your shoulder. Also, it's the playoffs, dude. Suck it up. Yeah, I know. This is why he's not ha- he's not gonna have a job in Philly next year. I automatically I said I said this I said this weeks ago. It's a stinger. You got it against your former team. You I saw the hit he got it on. It was a weak shot. He's a power back. This is gonna ki- his stock's gone. He's he's gonna be lucky to get like a lot. Like Chicago might throw him like a one year like prove it deal, but that's basically what he's gonna get. He's gonna get prove it deals because basically Philly needed him the last two the last three games and he just wasn't there. And Miles, this he lost his job to a rookie running back who actually has an outside shot at winning rookie of the year. Most scrimmage yards, by the way. So shot, congratulations to my rookie of the year, long, dark horse, Mr. Miles Sanders. But um, I could do it where Jared was right, where Jared was wrong. But that was one of the ones I was right about was Miles Sanders. But it actually, I got to thank uh, Jordan Howard for that because he's soft. Yeah, it would have been cool to see Philly win it, see what they can do. Yeah. With the healthy ones, but you know, and Deshaun Jackson coming back next week as well. Yeah, that that would have been electric. He's he, but, he'll be back next season though, which is good. Philly's not going to cut him. Or no, think. But, so yeah, if they're if they cut him after this injury, after how excited Philly fans were, that or be after the fact it was the training staff who screwed up his injury. Get rid of the training staff. Oh no no, they're gone. Like basically, oh, I'm going to tell you right now. I'm going to give you a quick prediction, folks. We're going to before I'll let Kevin finish in a second. Um. Malcolm Jenkins is going to get a new contract, but it's going to be front loaded because they're not going to want to pay him when he's 40, when he's 36. He's still going to be a good safety. It's just he's going to get a little slower. He's still such a good safety instinctually wise. He'll get a coaching job somewhere because he's just so freaking smart. Um, Jones will pro- uh, Ronald Darby's gone. Unfortunately, sucks because I loved him, but he just after that injury from Cooper last year where he basically got his knee turned sideways after Cooper broke basically like juked him out of his shoes. Um, he's never been the same cornerback. LeBlanc's getting re-signed. Because uh, he's a monster. He's a great cornerback. Um, Maddox is under contract. And Mills will probably get like the lowest possible deal because he struggled a lot. Philly will probably go out and get a corner of free agency or the draft. And watch out for a certain cornerback leaving Los Angeles. Wink, wink. Um, uh, receiving core. Whiteside, ja- Whiteside, Jackson, and Jeffrey are staying. Ward will probably stay as well because I think that's the replacement. Aguilar's gone. They're done with him. They are. There's a reason they his, his knee injury, which phantom knee injury, they're saying it's severe. I'm not buying it. I think this was just like he's done. Uh, he might actually be injured. I don't want to say that. But at the same time, like Aguilar, just get him out of here. He's a failure. Get him out. Um, offensive line, Peters is back for one more year. Maybe it'll be good because Andre Dillard looked shaken up. And the probably trade Vitae out. So Cleveland wants him badly, and they want OBJ out. Who knows? We might have a little OBJ to Wentz action next year. It'll be fun. But also, Carson, uh, he might be catching targets if Brady stays in New England as well. But that's my assessment for Philadelphia. You're going to have a lot of offseason change. You're also going to have a ton of cap space. So look for a lot of moves coming out of uh, Broad Street in the offseason. So should be an interesting offseason for me, Kev. Yeah, it's going to be stressful for me. 
Oh, what? buddy, I'm pro- buddy, I'm pro- I seriously, and I don't mean this to be a, a, I'm not being sarcastic. I seriously am praying for you. All right, like appreciate it. I went last points it, in the game though. It's twice already. What? Last points in the game. Go for it. Uh, you said it was an it's was reported a nasty concussion. Yeah. Hopefully he gets better and this isn't a lingering issue. And I'm not saying that he's injury prone because of this because this was a dirty play, but. Mm-hmm. You know, you've seen talented players like Mark Savard in Boston. They get that one bad concussion, and then it and just snowballs. It's such a, it's such a, like a hope. So that's why I think they, they weren't taking any chances because I guarantee Wentz was trying to get himself back in that game, and they weren't letting him. Um, I, I think it's like if he gets a hard hit to the head next season, at any point, they should take him out because I think with one, there's about a year window where. You still want to be extremely cautious about yeah. it. Oh, they're definitely you know, they're, they're going to do everything. They're probably going to make they're probably going to make him wear the same helmet that Mahomes wears. That crazy like five thousand dollar helmet that only he basically wears. Um, they're they're going to be a ton of things about it because with everything with CTE and the fact that he is basically where their fran- their franchise goes where he goes. I think this is going to be a big thing going forward. But I totally agree. If they also they need to go get draft a backup in the offseason, or at least sign one just in case this happens. But um, yeah, no, don't don't get it twisted though. Philly's future is very bright. We have our best running. Philly has their best running back since Lashawn McCoy. Ironically, where's the number one better than him? And hopefully, they don't hire an idiot coach who trades him. Oh no no no! Are you kidding me? After the season, Peterson might get a lifetime deal. <laughs> Peterson's like beloved in that city. It is beloved by that organization. He got on a title and basically took a, a group of misfits to the playoffs. I feel like the next two seasons, you go like two and fourteen, and they still wouldn't fire him. Basically, he's got like a Belichick deal with uh with with uh Philly now at this point. I think him and Howie are like. Yeah, we'll resign you. Don't worry. You you cleaned up my mess. So this is all I think is the offseason for Roseman as well. Like he needs to – like Cleveland wants to dump OBJ and they want to tackle. If Vitae's not a Brown by March 5th, I'm going to Howie Roseman and be like, what's wrong with you? They asked you to make this trade in October and you refused. So I don't know. It, there, we got to get a receiver, and we can't – I mean, as much as I'd love to get, like, Ruggs or C.D. Lamb, I'd rather one who's going to produce for the big guy right away. So. Yeah, I mean, with OBJ, you know what you're getting. Yeah, exactly. And he doesn't even need to be the – the he is, and with Jackson and Jeffrey and Whiteside and Ward, that – and Beckham, that, if that's just that receiving core, that's dangerous because – Whiteside, Whiteside, I saw a lot of growth towards the end of the season, like from like where he basically dropped the game winner against Detroit to where he basically made three clutch catches down the stretch for Philly. They're trying to groom him to be AJ Alshon Jeffrey 2.0 with a little more speed and a little less vertical. Um, Ward became a Ward, maybe the best slot receiver we've ever had because that was the routes he ran were incredible. So. I don't know. I think we've talked too much about Philly. Do you want to move on to some baseball? Sure. All righty. So your boy Mookie Betts in the news. You want to elaborate on us and enlighten us? I've complained about this before. The Red Sox are cutting salary for some reason because they don't want to pay the luxury tax, even though they're not lowering ticket prices, which I don't get. The Red Sox fans pay one of the highest ticket prices in baseball, and you're just going to go and try to trade our best player. But 
there are rumors going around about what team he will be traded to and why those trade talks have not stalled. Unbiased MLB reporter Jared Carabas said that there are rumors going around that, and Jared, I'm sorry, you're going to hate this, the Red Sox are currently talking to the Dodgers. Oh, God. And I'm not as mad about the team because I don't, the Red Sox don't really play the Dodgers. But the rumors are that the trade talks have not stalled yet because the Red Sox are not going after L.A.'s top prospects. You mean to tell me that you're trading a guy who was MVP two years ago, just won you a World Series, and is only 27 years old, and you're not targeting top prospects? Arizona, give them your two, your top pitcher and hitter, and let's just be done with this. Get Mookie in that outfield with uh, with Marte and uh, Calhoun. I'll take it. Just give them Peralta. I don't care. Get Mookie in that outfield. You, the Red Sox should be targeting your top two prospects. And a decent starter to replace him. And a guy who's already in the league who's decent. Basically what I just said Arizona should give him. Their top pitcher and hitter plus David Peralta, who honestly in Fenway would probably have about 40 home runs with how short that right field porch is. I, I don't get the Red Sox. I hate them. <laughs> I was it's excited to sign a new GM, seemed like he was going to be a good fit, was with the Rays for a while. And then Red Sox ownership stepped in and was like, hey, we want to cut salary. Why? You're the fucking Red Sox. You, you have one of the highest payrolls in baseball every year. Why are you deciding now that you don't want to pay the luxury tax? When you have a good group of players, yes, they suck this year, but don't freak out and blow it up. It's, I don't, I don't understand it. I, I, I'm trying to understand it for you because I am a fan of a medium market team. A media, it's basically an almost bit large market team that thinks it's a medium market, so their budget gets like cut also because their ticket attendance is okay at best. Um, still there in Tampa's. But it, your situation just doesn't make any sense to me. Unless somebody in the Red Sox ownership group basically just made a bad investment and now he's got to, like, like save the team's budget, like, there should be no excuses for this. I don't, I don't get it at all. Like, I understand there's concern that Mookie is going to walk after this season. I do not care. This man can carry you to the playoffs with the team you have now. If he was on some garbage team like the Orioles, no, just Mookie Betts couldn't do it. But when you have J.D. Martinez, Chris Sale, David Price, Benintendi, if Pedroy is healthy, you have all these pieces. Xander Bogarts. <laughs> Bogarts. Rafael Devers. One of the best young third basemen in baseball. Yeah, there's such good talent on the Red Sox, and the fact they didn't make the playoffs is just making my brain spin a little bit. Look, one bad year, fine. Don't blow it up. Because if no, Mookie I- goes... Then they're going to go, well, we can cut salary here because we're not going to make the playoffs without Mookie. We're going to trade JD. We're going to trade Devers. We're going to trade Bogarts. No. If I would rather have the Red Sox, I'd rather be wrong and have the Red Sox miss the playoffs or get bumped in the ALDS after trading Mookie than I would rather have them trade him or after keeping Mookie than I'd rather have them trade him, miss the playoffs and go, well, I wonder what would have happened if they didn't trade him. Exactly. The Red Sox trade Mookie Betts and don't get back a haul to my liking. I'm rooting for the Diamondbacks this year. 
I will happily accept you to D-Vax Nation. I will mail you a brand new hat. You heard I will, send you, a, I will send you a 47 brand D-Vax hat of your choice. Because isn't 47 brand like right by the – isn't the warehouse like right by your, your – right in Boston? Yeah, it's in Dedham. Yeah, all right. I will send you a 47 brand Diamondbacks hat because I don't feel like a, a, a fitted your style. But I will send you an a complimentary welcome to Arizona plaque. Ooh. Evax Nation welcomes you, Kevin. But Dad's going to hear this and go, what the hell, Kevin? <laughs> after everything I saw in my childhood, after Bill Buckner, you're going to bail on the Sox just for trading Mookie Betts? Yes, because that is stupidity at its finest. This is like, listen, this is the way I feel about the Timberwolves. If they trade Towns, I basically might just start rooting for the Blazers. I'll root for a team in their damn division because at least they know how to make freaking moves. But, uh, yeah, so I hear that, Minnesota? Don't trade Towns. He's the only hope we have of this franchise being relevant. All right, next up on the list, we got coaching changes. So, Kev, the news broke today that Mike McCarthy is the head coach of the Dallas Cowboys. Oh, my Lord. I saw that. That made all the pain of yesterday go away so fast. Oh my god, I'm channeling my inner Stephen A right now. Before we dance <laughs> in the grave, I would just like to offer one solemn clap for Jason Garrett. Alright. Yeah, carry on. Um, Alright, first of all, McCarthy got run out of Green Bay. He's never been I mean, actually Skip Bayless had a great take about it today. I was very surprised. I'm like well, it's about his Cowboys, so Skip sometimes hits hits home runs there. He was like, he's never been known as a solid leader. He bumped heads with his star quarterback, and like he's never been known to like use utilize a good utilize a good defense. So hopefully he, if, unless McCarthy brings in like an ace defensive coordinator, him and Kellen is Kellen more like are they firing the whole staff or is it just Garrett who's gone? Uh, that I'm not sure. We have to get clarification on that, but basically. If if like any of the staff stays, McCarthy is completely different to what like what Jason Garrett is at least personality wise. Jason Garrett seems like the guy you'd want to you know you see him on the golf course, you have a twenty minute conversation with him, you maybe grab a beer with him, but that's about it. McCarthy's that guy you flick off in traffic because he cut you off four times. So it to me it's it just feels like it's just a different ver it's just a different color of the same hat. That's basically what it is to me. He's not really – like they needed a motivator. They need a guy who's going to get up on the table and yell, get guys fired up, who's going to hire a smart offensive coordinator and a smart defense coordinator and get this running. But they go out and they bring in a guy who basically is Jason Garrett but meaner. That's why I'm laughing at this. This is pure hilarity to me. Yeah, I mean I just looked it up. Uh, Mike McCarthy is open to keeping Kellen Moore as his offensive coordinator. Oh, it gets better and better. Happy day, happy day. I don't hate the moves. The move, oh, honestly. <laughs> Kellen Moore, yeah, it wasn't great down the stretch, He's but so he showed some promise early in the year. Against bad teams. Yeah, still. <laughs> Patriots wrote a winning record against bad teams to the playoffs. And then uh, there's varying reports. Some say that he was hired. Some say they are about to hire him. But Mike Nolan, who was uh, 49ers head coach from 05 to 08, uh, 
defense coordinator for the Broncos for a while, for the Ravens. He was a wide receiver coach for the Ravens and then the defensive coordinator, which is kind of weird. But there are reports that they're going to hire him as their defensive coordinator. That actually isn't a bad move, but I think he's a little too old school for what they're – I mean, then again, they do have a, a lot of talent, so it shouldn't be an issue. But I mean, when he was with the Broncos under Josh McDaniels, they gave up the fewest points in the NFL during their first six games. I remember that, actually. And then they suck the rest of the way, but. Well, it's going to be interesting to see going forward what the uh, Cowboys are like. Um, I'm really interested to see where the dominoes fall with the rest of the coaching, though, with uh, New York and Cleveland. Oh, my Lord. I was seeing Cleveland fans say, yes, we didn't get McCarthy. I'm like. Y'all would be lucky to get McCarthy, man. Like y'all need some serious like help in that that uh that room. I don't know how you fix Cleveland. I really don't. So yeah, I don't know. They then again, I think they have enough talent. If they hold on to OBJ and they get a better, uh, they, they gotta fix that O line. They gotta fix that. ASAP. Yeah, there are issues. It's not a perfect team, but I think they could do. Well, they could do okay. They're, they're never going to beat Baltimore. Is just that system Baltimore is built over, like behind, but like underneath the radar is like, like not. It's going to basically rely on Lamar Jackson's health, but that's a good system. And if Jackson stays healthy, he's only going to get better. So yeah, I think um, their Cleveland's best bet to ever make a Super Bowl would be get the number one wild card spot, have someone else knock off Baltimore. True. Also, who would have thought John Harbaugh is the one who'd stay in the NFL for the longest? Eh. Jim's, Jim's kind of just a joke at this point. Yeah, but he was the Wonder Boy coach that everyone wanted. Um, I think the uh, Giants head coaching search is actually more interesting. Well, what's the deal with Matt Rule? Because I've heard he interviewed with what Carolina today. Yep, he interviewed Carolina, and I think he's interviewing with the Giants tomorrow. I think I read. Ooh. If Carolina um, snaked Matt Rule, I'd be laughing hysterically. There were reports that Matt Rule is just doing this to see what he gets offered, but he doesn't want to leave Baylor. He wants to raise his family there. Oh, that would make me cry even harder. I'd be laughing hysterically. And a then, lot of these candidates, I don't know that well. These guys are a lot of like low-key um, co- head coaches that nobody really heard of yet. Yeah. And then um, the Giants also interviewed Joe Judge, who's okay. the special teams coordinator and wide receivers coach for the Pats. And yes, so we all know one, one position they struggled at, one position they're exceptional at. That's interesting. We all know that Patriots coordinators tend not to do very well. Unless they're named Brian Flores. Yes. But you can go down the list. Matt Patricia, Bill O'Brien. <laughs> um, oh, what's his name? The Char- Charlie Weiss, Romeo Cornell. Charlie Weiss, that's Daniels. what I was thinking. <clears throat> McDaniels, I hope McDaniels is gone and gets tired somewhere. I'm sorry. One last point about the Patriots game. Yes. You're on the one yard line and you run the same running play three times in a row. It's like the opposite of Seattle. Get McDaniel's out of there. But I think Joe Judge is actually an interesting choice. We're gonna probably lose Mike Groth too, which I'm kind of happy about. Oh Joe yeah. Judge. By the way, don't be surprised if uh, Philly go, doesn't go out and get one of the fired head coaches, former uh, four OC guys, is like a. Uh, as an offensive coach 
I would love like maybe like a Jay Gruden. I wouldn't put it past Philly to be like, yeah, Mike, you're gone. Jay, get in here. Because <clears throat> Jay ain't getting hired as a head coach, at least not yet. He needs like two or three years to get himself readjusted. Because I think working for Daniel Snyder makes you cuckoo, and then you have to revert yourself back. Like Ron Rivera is going to have like a mohawk by the end of his coaching career. Okay, Joe Judge, though, back to what I was saying. Sorry. He's been around winning programs. Yes. He was a special teams assistant at Alabama. Of course you brought that up. 2009 to 2011. And then after that, he was with the Patriots for the last seven years. So basically he's taking the Kevin Langley coaching tree. Yeah, exactly. And then um, the Browns are also interviewing Dable, right? Yeah. Don't hate the move. Don't love it. Guy's also been with New England and Alabama. I don't know. We'll see with with uh, Cleveland. They just they find ways to mess things up like this. So. Oh, if they hire Dable, he's going to be an off-head coach. If Dable goes somewhere else, he might be an okay head coach. Basically. They need, like, the superstar whiz kid or they're going to screw this up. Um, switch it off quickly. Uh, your boy, t- a couple of guys have declared for the draft, of course, two Alabama guys, namely – Judy and Tua are both uh, NCAA are uh, both draft bound and rugs and rugs, so we no surprises there though. Any of the Alabama guys who were supposed to go not not going now? Um, Devonte Smith, one of our leading receivers this year, he decided to come back for his senior year. And Dylan Moses was always a toss up because he's been injured, but he is coming back. Well, I think for Smith it's smart because he had to play with three other guys who were just absolute burners. But he was now, also our top receiver this year. Yeah, but I mean, now he can really stand out. So yeah. Also, I, I'm sad to see Tua go, but I'm excited to see what uh, Bryce Young can do. He was the number one dual threat in the country. Nice. Also, be- New England draft Henry Ruggs. Philly trade up for C.D. Lamb. I would rather have Ruggs. He's fast as all hell. I'd rather have Lamb. He's Des Bryant with a better forty time. And less craziness. I think he's a little smaller than Des. Yeah, he's like smaller, but the physicality is the same, and he runs like I think he's gonna probably hit like a a a low four four, which isn't terrible at all. But Rugs, Rugs, I think can actually run and start a fire on the field if he actually gets top speed. Yeah, look, you don't want Edelman returning punts. He can do that. Uh, listen, I'll take listen if if the pay if we get. If, if if Lamb's off the board and Ruggs is there, I'll take Ruggs. I don't care. I watched I that Jaylen man basically outrun an entire secondary for a touchdown. So uh, I'm up for it. But uh, speaking, speaking of the Patriots, Kev, Tom Brady, I, I already offered, told you I'd bring you a torch. How are you feeling right now? Bob Kraft's not going to let him walk. I'm sold on it. Regardless of what Belichick wants, Belichick go like, we're not paying you $30 million a year. Bob Kraft go, yes, we are. Bob Kraft and Tom Brady are the reason they traded Garoppolo. Belichick didn't want to. Here's the other thing about Brady, though. Um, McDaniels is going to go. And McDaniels is, um, like, that's like Bel- that's like Brady's boy. Um, him and Belichick's relationship is kind of frosty. It's not, like, awful, but it's, like, even, like, when they're on the NFL 100 quarterback thing, when, like, Belichick was basically kissing Brady's ass for two minutes, which is what he should be doing because the man basically helped him get six titles and become one of the greatest head coaches of all time or possibly the greatest. 
Um, probably the greatest. Uh, basically, probably. probably, definitely. I don't know. Um, basically, it just looked awkward as hell. I, I guess I get the relationships. I think it's a little strained. I think it's kind of run its course at this point. I, you know what? Like you said, the you say you didn't want to see him in a Colts uniform. I still think that's the best landing spot for him. I disagree. At least for he's where do you think is the best landing spot for him besides New England? Minnesota. Ooh. I don't now, know. If they keep going a little farther, they won't dump. They won't dump off Cousins though. They could maybe. I think if um, if Tampa lets Jameis walk, I think they would be in the market for a quarterback. I think if Rivers retires, they're not sold on him, and the Chargers want to draft a quarterback to mold, they could give up a third or fourth rounder for Cousins. Well, they were talking about Tennessee for a while, but then Tennessee apparently like committed to Tannehill for the next couple of years. Yeah, I don't. Also, I don't think Brady will go to Minnesota. I think if I also don't think he'll go to India. I think if he's going to go somewhere, he's going to go to California because that's where he wants to go home. Giselle wants to go to California, and some people are saying Tampa, which is ridiculous. But I also, think Minnesota- Tampa Bay fans drink some oddly colored water, so it's not a surprise there. But I genuinely think that Minnesota is the best landing spot for him. Yeah, but he would never go there. No, I do. I do agree. I do agree. They have a- Decent line, good defense, Diggs and Thielen and Rudolph and Cook. And Irv Smith, too. Alabama boy. Oh, um, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's it's a great idea. It's a great fit, but it just it, you know, he'd never do it. If it's that gonna exact be- team was in California, he'd sign there in an instant. Oh, right, he'd be like, yeah, I'm done with Boston. Uh, I just think – I think with Brady, like – I don't know. This offseason is going to be so interesting. This is probably maybe the most – like, last offseason was kind of boring. This offseason is going to be insane. You're going to have multiple teams that made the playoffs. Like, basically, like, Seattle's going to blow up their secondary and try to fix it. You're going to have coaching – you're going to have quarterbacks. You're going to have the GOAT going on free agency. You're going to have the Browns somehow screwing it all up again. You're going to have the Giants screwing it all up. You're going to have the Jets making a really dumb move again. It's going to be exceptional. So this offseason is going to be great. Kev, are you ready for uh, some weird crap in sports? Oh, yes, I am. Oh, I'm excited. Today in sports, Ted Turner of Turner Cable fame did some other stuff, bought the Atlanta Braves for $12 million, wow. I believe is the number I saw. That's not the weird part. He bought them in 1977. And he was – no, it was 76. My apologies. And in 77, he got suspended by baseball as owner for some shenanigans he pulled during free agency. He appealed that and was allowed to keep doing what he did with the team. And he was regarded as a very hands-on manager. You mean the owner? team was on a 16-game losing – or not manager, owner. The team was on a 16-game losing streak. So he sent the team's manager on a – 10-day scouting trip. And then he decided to manage the team for a game. That's awesome. (laughs) Ted Turner just seems like he's just a kook, so it's perfect. Yep. They lost the game, lost to the Pirates, and then um, the National League president told him to stop running the team. (laughs) 
that's cool. because managers can't own stock in the club, but he was the first and only manager slash owner in baseball history. That's awesome. All right. So let's wrap it up here. Let's kick that smooth jazz. So, oh my God. So I was on Instagram today as I usually am while I'm trying to kill time because I deleted TikTok off my phone for pro- for for productivity reasons. Um, yeah. I, the first thing I see is my boy, Shannon Sharp, taking that clown snake Orlando Skandrick to school and shutting him down. For those of you who don't know, Orlando Skandrick was a former cowboy, played there for a long time, then was a failure on the Chiefs, just like he was a failure on the Cowboys. Just the fact that that man stayed in the league for so long shows how bad of a GM, Jerry, how bad the Cowboys were. And he should have not even had a job past year four. He can't cover anybody. Anyway, Skandrick gets signed by Philly because they are down to basically practice squad guys. I think Craig James is their best corner at one point this season. Um, so Skandrick comes in. He just scored a touchdown for us, which is pretty funny because he almost got caught by a caught from behind against the Jets. But so Skandrick played awful against Philly against Dallas. You could make a joke that he's playing basically hoping to help Dallas win. But Skandrick gets smoked multiple times, looks awful, and then gets cut. So Skandrick decides, you know, to go on uh, to go on uh, Fox Sports One like a week later and start roasting the Philadelphia Eagles apart. And it's it lit a fire. They basically then beat the daylights out of Buffalo and Chicago. Then ran into a three-game losing streak and then went on the miracle four-game run that they did. So Skandrick was on today because Fox Sports One loves ratings. And he tried to bash Philadelphia. I'm not going to play the clip because we don't have the rights to it. But I will summarize it quickly. He started talking smack. And then Shannon Sharp basically was like, but they cut you, right? You gave up a third and something, right? You gave up, like, you gave up this play, you gave up that play, right? And he's like, no, no, no. He's trying to justify it. And then Skandrick to double down goes, you can bring on Jenkins and Cox and Wentz. A whole round table, they can all come at me. And I'm like... Yeah, this guy ain't going to have a job next week. So, shout out to Shannon Sharp from Philadelphia Eagles Nation. Thank you for telling that fool, that snake, where to go. Like, I I, I, honest, I understand guys like um, Canel and, uh, you know, Kellerman. As much as I bash them, they are established analysts. They pulled this guy basically off the back of the bus he was living on after he got cut. And they brought him on for ratings. And it was awesome. And it well actually no it saved Philly season so thank you Orlando, um, so Orlando by the way your Cowboys hired Mike McCarthy, um, who you refer to as your Cowboys still even though they cut you, um, you're never gonna play football again because you suck, and also I'm just, I'm basically just going at it like Shannon Sharp would, and the fact that Skip Bayless didn't even back him up on this was pure hilarity so that's what I got go watch the clip it's on Fox Sports One's Facebook page also on ATD Radio posted it too. Shout out to the Philadelphia boys. Uh, that's all I got. Um, we'll have Savannah back at the end of the week when we break down the division rounds. We'll also be talking college football playoff final. We're basically two teams that Kevin despises when we play each other for the national title. And, um, go Tigers. You say go Tigers? Oh, shit. That's right. They're both the Tigers. Also, I hate Clemson and I hate Dabo more than I hate Edward. More. More than I hate Ed Orgeron, because I love Ed Orgeron. You can't hate Ed Orgeron. You want to go up and give him a hug and have a beer with him. So, that about wraps it up. Oh, wait, boss, by the way, 
Uh, we did a lot of surveying this week to a lot of our listeners, friends, family, just random listeners, actually. Thank you all so much for your feedback on the show. As you know, we move into season three of The Corner Booth. We want to make sure we keep everything going and keep everything going smoothly. So uh, we always appreciate your feedback. By the way, if you have questions for us, if you see us on the street, ask us. Or if you text, text us, tweet us, uh, DM us on Instagram, whatever. We will answer the questions on the podcast towards the end of the show so we want to wish you all a happy and healthy rest of the week and we will see you guys wednesday and thursday bye thanks for listening to the corner booth podcast be sure to check us out on instagram and on twitter at corner booth pod